Welcome to another edition of Shack Chat here on a lovely Saturday afternoon, watching a little football here at the Shack, getting ready for some Sunday night hitting. Welcome our guest today. Uh, comes to us from uh, Corpus Christi, my hometown, by uh, Corpus Christi Carroll, then uh, made his way to Incarnate Word and did some coaching at the college level, and we're happy to have him. And welcome to the show, Coach Ryan Gonzalez. Ryan, how's it going, Bob? Good to be here. Good to be here. Cool, man. So I think uh, Ryan came to us, I guess, about then probably a little bit over a year now, right? I think January is when maybe January, December, something like that. January, yeah, pretty early. So, yeah, we're coming up on a year. Close to a year now. Yeah, yeah it seems yeah. like it. Time travels when you're having fun, right? <laughs> time travels fast right, when you're having right, fun. Right. So, so man, I, let's kind of go back to – let's take it back to where it all started, kind of in Corpus, um, playing at Carroll. I know you played shortstop under yep. Coach Lee Yeager. So kind of take us back to your high school career, like coming in as a freshman – um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you started all four years, right? Yeah, partly my freshman year, you know, we had uh, Trey Rodriguez. He was, you know, All-State three years, four years in a row, whatever it was. Uh, you know, growing up in Corpus, you know, it's either Corpus Christi Carroll or Corpus Christi Moody. Yep. It's one of those two schools you're going to go watch. You know, fortunately, I was able to watch both of those schools um, and learned a lot, you know, sitting in those stands with all my buddies. You know, we learned, we learned everything that we knew from, from watching those games. So going to Carroll, you know, I got to – I got to play a lot as my, in my freshman year on varsity. Uh, didn't start too many games, but, you know, the caliber of our team, we were fortunate to be up, you know, 8, 10, 12 runs every game. So, got to play a lot of games. Uh, but, yeah, started out a shortstop a little bit, second base a little bit. Um, and then my sophomore year is really kind of where it took off. Got to start from my sophomore year all the way through my senior year there. Yeah. Now, you were there in the kind of – I don't want to say the era, but um... – of like Courtney Hawkins, Black Mar, and all those guys, right? Yeah. So how was it kind of being around those guys? I mean, some of those guys were big-time players and all went on to play college like yourself. Uh, Courtney getting drafted in the first round, but kind of how was it being a freshman, sophomore around those guys? I think they're a little older than you. Am I yeah, correct? they're a few years older than me. When I was a freshman, they were uh, they were all seniors. But, you know, growing up there and, you know, going to those games in middle school, you know, you hear about those guys every single day. You, you see those guys every Friday night play, every Tuesday night play. Um, so they, it's almost like they're they're almost like celebrities in Corpus. Yeah. You know, to those middle school guys at least to us. Um, so you know, that next year when I got there after my eighth grade year, you know, it's 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 kind of surreal playing with those guys. Uh, some days we have practice where there's 30 MLB scouts there to watch Courtney Hawkins hit. Yeah. Which is uh, it's surreal. It's surreal. You know, they watch him hit and they go to their cars. We get something to eat. <laughs> You know, they go to McDonald's right around the corner, and, you know, they're, they're back to watch him hit or, you know, throw a bullpen where he's throwing 95 to 97, which is crazy to see as a freshman. Um, but it, it, was, it was really something to see. I learned a lot how they carried themselves, you know, maybe things on what to do and certainly some stuff, you know, not to do. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a pretty special time. You know, it only lasted a year for me, um, but it was a special time to be over there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So once they leave um, – I'm sure Jaeger's kind of leaning on some of you guys, you young guys, to kind of now take that role as leadership and stuff. Um, so take us through that, like being kind of demanded and asked of that role, you know, going into your sophomore, junior, senior year. Yeah. To, just stepping up as a leader. To, to everyone, you know, outside the team and outside, you know, the program, it seemed, you know, we were going to go through a rebuild, like a rebuild year and no one knew 
what we had. No one was proven on the team except maybe one or two guys, you know, coming back. Um, so not a lot of people knew what we had, but, you know, internally, you know, we learned from, you know, the best players in the state. Um, so we knew exactly what we needed to do. Obviously that first year we, we were all together, it was a, it's a pretty rough year. We had a lot of ups and downs, but, uh, we knew we had a lot of potential, you know, the next year that we were, you know, all together, we had a really, really good year, beat a lot of good people and, uh, should have gone to state, but, uh, Came down to one game, and, you know, anything can happen in those one games. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was pretty special. You know, it's crazy for those people that don't know. I've been a lot of places and seen a lot of baseball in several different places, and baseball in South Texas is absolutely crazy. I mean, I remember going to a season opener. Um, this was probably before you, when uh, my cousin Brandon was a senior. There was probably. 20,000 people at a high school game for Carroll and Moody opening up at Whataburger. I think I was actually at that game. I was in the game. I was, I was a freshman that year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, it, I was, mean, uh, it was just... Yeah, it was 15, 20,000 20, yeah. fans, you know, the and, whole and stadium. It's crazy. Like, when you think, like, for a high school game, there's some colleges that don't even draw that. You know what I mean? But, like, it... So, talk us through just playing through that kind of... Like in your high school career, playing in that kind of crowd and then going to Incarnate Word and playing in front of maybe a thousand, a couple hundred people. <laughs> couple hundred know, people. I'm giving them a thousand, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's on a good you know day. what I mean? You know, like on a good day. day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, when you really, really think about it. You get five, 10,000 fans and yeah. you know, every single game you play in high school, it's insane. Um, you know, high school baseball in Corpus is it's, it's like no other, you know, no other sport anywhere else. I mean, there's, you know, there's high school football, you know, in certain places it's huge, Corpus it's not. So everyone lives for the spring. Everyone yeah. lives for, you know, February through uh, June in South Texas. So, um, yeah, going from that, you know, 10,000, 5,000 fans, you know, every playoff game sold out. You know, you got people lined up at the gates 8 o'clock in the morning until game time. You know, then going to UIW, it's a little different. You know, small private school in San Antonio, yeah. you know, baseball's not too big here. I mean. I think the largest crowd we ever had at UIW was 1,500 people, yeah. and that's pushing it, you know. Yeah, but, going uh, from 10, 15,000, it's it's crazy. So, so take us back to going back to high school, like under Coach Yeager, right? So, great coach. I've had the pleasure of meeting him and hung out with him when we we're at uh, the national convention up in Nashville. I know he gets a lot of slack, man. There's probably more people that dislike him than like him. Yeah. I think the guy was. I mean. Now, granted, I met him at a real social atmosphere, right. um, but you know we have a couple of guys that play for us from that are his guys from CC Veterans, and they don't know this, but I mean he's constantly checking with me on them and their progress throughout the summer and how are they doing? Are they pitching? Are they hitting well? What are they doing? Um, you know, I know he gets like I said, he gets a lot. Of, there's probably more people that hate him than don't. I personally like the guy, um, but what was it like playing underneath the guy and now? being away from that and a coach yourself, you know, could you now go back and go, oh, okay, I understand why he did this or he did that in practice or why he was so hard on us on this. Is there, is there some of that stuff that kind of comes back with you as far as dealing with him on a day-to-day -day basis in yeah, high school? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't talked to him in a while. We, we touch base every now and then, but um, you know, one, one thing that always stood out to me, he never really made this known, but it was, it was known, you know, practice was always meant to be harder than the games. 
it's always supposed to be pressure situations during the game or during practice, you know, not all those times in the games you're going to get those situations, but you're prepared for those situations. Um, I mean, every day when I coach, I, I kind of look back on, you know, how I was coached by him and my college coaches and, um, you know, that's the right way to coach. It, it's intense. It's, it's some people, right. You gotta be kind of the right person, you know, to play <laughs> underneath them. Yeah. Um, but everywhere he's gone, he's won. Yeah. I mean, there's track record. He's taken, he went to state three years in a row, and then he went to state with Veterans Memorial. Had a lot of success at Grapevine when he was there. He turned that program around after he left. They went to state two, three years in a row. Yep. So, I mean, I think the hate he gets or whatever that's from is, you know. He wins a lot. Right. People don't like to be associated <laughs> with winners unless they're they're around them. But yeah. uh, people like to hate from afar. But I have nothing but, you know, great things to say about him. I learned so much of the game of baseball from him. Um, I, I, I really wouldn't be the player, the coach I am now without him in my life. So now going into your junior, senior year, you start getting some looks about when? So going into my senior year, so my junior year summer going into my senior year, that's when I started to get a couple looks, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Who's, who, but aside from Connor Ward, who else was kind of, were you leaning to? Did you have other options? Yeah, so I really didn't have too many options. Um, you know, A&M Corpus, they were, they were on me pretty hard uh, my, that summer. And then they, you know, out of the blue, just stopped talking to me. But now I know the recruiting side of it, you know, being at UTSA, so I know what kind of went into it, what goes into that stuff. Um, but they were there for a while, then a couple small schools, A&M Kingsville, a couple junior colleges, but nothing, you know, too crazy or anything like that. Yep. So then my senior year, I have with my travel team, we go out to Jupiter, Florida, and we're in this huge perfect game tournament. You know, I do pretty well. Mm -hmm. I do really good. Exactly, yeah. Um, Still not getting any kind of looks, you know. UT was talking to me through my summer coach just because they're good friends. Skip Johnson at the time was a recruiter. Now he's at OU. Um, they were kind of talking to me, but somewhat as a favor to my summer coach and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I ended up actually committing to Texas as a, a preferred walk-on. Knew I never was going to play. That was my dream school. I always wanted to go there. Um, but then we go out to that tournament in, in uh, Jupiter and have a really good game. My last game there – I get done with the game, have to get in the flight on an hour, in, the, in an hour. I'm running the, to the car, getting ready. My mom's got the car running. Sure enough, West Point, you know, Army, they're running after me. And, you know, they stop me riding the dime. <laughs> they offer me riding the spot of full ride scholarship to go play there, um, which is, you know, looking back at it, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Other than that, uh, didn't have any other looks until UIW came around in about March or April of uh, my season, during my season. Yeah. Yeah. So it was – Looking back, is do you have any regrets as far as not going with West Point? That's pretty. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I look back. Significant. At it, yeah, it's huge. Uh, sometimes I think about it. You know, I talk to my family members who, you know, some have served in the military, and you know, they say that's one of the greatest honors you can get. Um, but you know, I, at the end of the day, my family would never see me play. Uh, yep. West Point's, I think, in New York, um, so they would have never come to see me play. Um, so I, I, sometimes I regret it. Sometimes I don't. You have to have a five years, you know, commitment yeah. and all that kind of stuff to the army. But, you know, I'm glad I made the choice to go with UIW in the end. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So who did, who, who did the majority of recruiting you from UIW? Was it Arguello or Homework? It was Arguello, yeah. Homework wasn't there at the time, but yeah, Arguello okay. was, uh, yeah, he was recruiting me. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Arguello was there and then Homework came in. And, yep. Okay. That's mm -hmm. right. And now the rest is history. Yep. So, 
get on campus, kind of word, right? First day of practice, what's kind of your thought process as far as I'm sure like a lot of our guys that went on, we just had a big graduating class. A lot of them are like, I got to gain 20 pounds. These guys are huge. So take us through that first kind of maybe not necessarily day on campus, but day in baseball, your first day of workouts, all yeah. that kind of jazz. Yeah, I remember our first day of workouts. Uh, we we had individuals and uh, I was with all the infielders and everything. And I was the smallest one. You know, I got into college weighing 150 pounds. <laughs> and then you got guys who have been there who were from junior college who are, you know, 200 plus, 190, 185, just rock solid. I'm looking around like there's no way I'm making the team. Yeah. You know, there's not a chance. Um, but yeah, then we, we have our first workout and I didn't do anything in, in the summer. I didn't work out. I didn't play baseball. I didn't do nothing. So I was out of shape. I, I, I struggled heavily the first day. <laughs> heavily. I was sore for the for like two weeks. You broke the cardinal rule. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Show up was, on campus out of shape. That was yeah. That was my first huge mistake I ever made in coming yeah. to college. Yeah. One yeah. of the biggest mistakes I made because there everybody everybody else is training every single day. Yeah. So yeah, that was a huge mistake. Are you? Is there a point when you're? You're there either your freshman, sophomore, junior year at the word and go, you know what, I can play I can play with these guys. Yeah, through the middle of the fall, I, I specifically remember, you know, I had a pretty good fall and um, I was never a power hitter mm -hmm. per se in, in high school or anything like that. But then once I got to college, I don't know what click, maybe the weight room kind of helped out, but I started hitting, you know, doubles, triples, never really any home runs, but just started, you know, mashing up our pitchers in the fall. And I was like, man, maybe I can do this. You know, yep. maybe I can really do this. I was playing short. I was uh, competing with our other guy. I was I was out working him. I was out fielding him. I was out hitting him. You know, I think I had one of the highest averages in the fall after the whole fall was done. So probably about the middle of the fall, when we middle of our English wise, I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Maybe yep. I, I, I can do this. Now, I know. So it just popped into my head. So. Danny Heap was there your freshman year yep. then, right? Yeah, my first two years he was there. So did he – is there anything he, that he told you, especially – I mean, we all know if you go back in his career, he could absolutely smash the baseball, yeah, right? Definitely. Was there anything that sticks with you as far as stuff he talked to you about as far as hitting goes? Um, you I mean, still kind of utilize in your lessons now here at the Hack Shack? Yeah, he, he, he didn't really like – he liked to play, you know – to your strengths. You know, if you weren't a big guy, he didn't really want you to try to hit home runs. He didn't want you to try to hit, you know, uh, you know, lift the bar or anything yeah. like that. Stay gap to gap, hard line drives, hard ground balls, stuff like that. And I mean, I, that's what I preach all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you're not a, you know, big guy with, you know, some strength, there's, there's no reason for you trying to hit the home, hit a home run every yeah. single time you go up there. Yeah. You still, you still got to have table setters, right? Exactly. So, I mean, you're on base and you let the guy that's six, four, two twenty behind you drive. You right. Down. Let them do that. Let work. them yeah. do the heavy work yeah, and hit exactly. the bombs and exactly. get you in, you know? Yeah. So he leaves junior year coming in coach Hallmark. So t take us through that transition of, of power, so to speak, right? Like right. what was different? What was similar? Is there any similarities? Between the two? Uh, pretty polar opposites, honestly. Really? Yeah. Danny He, more of a laid-back guy, you know. It was a tail end of his career in college, mm -hmm. so it seemed like he might have, you know, been ready to you know, move on somewhere else. But uh, Coach Coach Hallmark comes from Rice. He's been in the World Series, I think, four or five years with Rice. In the heyday, he's coached some uh, all-stars in the big leagues. You know, Anthony Rendon, you know, uh, been with him for a long time. Uh, 
he was at Missouri as a pitching coach, and then he got to, to us over at uh, UIW. Complete, complete culture shock. <laughs> big-time baseball is what Hallmark preaches. You know, yeah. you just look at him and talk to him for five minutes, and it's big-time yeah. baseball. Um, so the intensity is probably the, the biggest yeah. thing. But it kind of brought me back to Coach Jager, you know, in high school. So I didn't really have a problem, you know, with the yelling, the screaming, you know all that kind of stuff that comes with it. But, you know, there's definitely some guys who were never used to being, you know, screamed at, always used to being coddled and stuff like yeah. that. So it's definitely, definitely a uh, culture shock for some guys. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of, of knowing him for a couple of years and Arguello too for a couple of years and lucky enough to kind of sit around on campus with those guys and watch UTSA run through practices and stuff. And he's an intense guy, but man, uh, I love watching them work, period. They, yeah. They really feed off each other really well, um, and, and you can learn a lot. But uh, I was just up there a couple of weeks ago and just sitting with Hallmark, and yeah, I mean, I love the guy talking to him, man. I mean, intense. Every, I, I, to me, if I had a son, everything I would want my son's high school or college coach to be like. Yeah. So, um, so go through four years, right? And I know uh, there's a chance of you getting drafted. I know it doesn't happen, so. Take us, obviously there's some disappointment there, right? Take us the next couple of days after not getting drafted. Like, hey, what's my next move? You know, yeah. kind of take us through uh, the next few days of after that. Yeah, so my junior year, I was actually getting looked at by the Angel. I knew I wasn't getting drafted, but, you know, they were really interested in a lot of my games, you know, recording me, you know, standard stuff and all that stuff. Uh, but through my senior year, I had, you know, about five teams that were really, you know, in on me, watching me all the time, uh, you know, recording me, you know, email, text, calls, you know, whole nine yards. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get drafted. I went to a couple of private workouts, you know, was told I had a good chance getting drafted. But yeah, at the end of the day, it just doesn't happen to some people. Um, but yeah, after those first couple of days, you know, it was kind of a tough spot. You know, baseball was all I had. Baseball was all I wanted to, you know, ever do. Didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, to be honest, but then I had a talk with Coach Aguayo, and he was like, dude, you, mean, you got a good opportunity, you know, getting the coaching is what you want to do. If you want to stay in baseball, that's the next best thing. Yep. So I kind of made a decision from there, you know, to, you know, finish school and then go over to UTSA and, you know, uh, become part of that coaching set. Yeah. Yeah. So go to UTSA as a volunteer assistant, and then obviously COVID hits and all that kind of stuff. So Luckily, you land here, <laughs> right, exactly. and lucky for us. But um, so, I know I'm sure at some point in time, in like uh, the goal is to get back into college. So, question for you: and if there was a dream college you could coach at, what would that college be at? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Probably, honestly, Texas. You know, I, yeah. I grew up, you know, idolizing, you know, yeah. Texas. You know, that would be, you know probably a dream job right there. Yeah. Or, I mean, any SEC, any Big 12 school, you know, yeah. uh, realistically. A&M, you know, they've never had any Hispanic coaches, you know, coach there. That'd be, you know, something pretty, you know, monumental to coach over there too. But, you know, any any SEC, Big 12 school, uh, that would be, that would be, you know, yeah. it. So kind of talking now to the kids, right, That and, or parents that are listening here, right? So you've, you've done it at quite the high level, right? Missed out on not playing mm -hmm. pro ball, but I'm sure – you had the opportunity, unlike most people, right? Yeah. It just didn't work out. I mean, and there's thousands of guys that that happens to, right? right? That think they're getting drafted, their number doesn't get called, so forth, so forth. But what 
what's the one piece of advice that you would give a high school junior or senior looking to get into college? What What's the one, maybe two pieces of advice you would give them now to get them prepared for college? You know, whatever schools they have in mind, you know, whether, you know, big time schools or small schools, you know, I go to their, their, their exact specific, you know, college camps, the showcases, you know, where you're directly underneath the entire coaching staff. That's the easiest way to, to get seen by everybody. Um, you can go to big tournaments, sure, but, you know, if they're not there to watch you, if they don't know who you are, I mean, they're never going to go watch you. So going to go see or going to go to those universities uh, showcase camps to get in front of the entire coaching staff, that's probably the first thing that I would do. You know, I've sat in or I've worked some of the uh, camps over at UTSA and the recruiting camps and, I've seen plenty of guys get signed from there. I know the recruiting class coming in from UTSA, I think I want to say six guys were signed out of there out of 40 guys. Yep. I mean, so that's that's the best opportunity to do. Um, you know, you can go to the perfect game, you know, the five tools, all that kind of stuff, where there's going to be a lot of coaches. But at the end of the day, you're not playing against someone who's really good or you don't have someone on your team who's getting looked at by these, by these schools. You're not going to get looked at, no matter how well you do or how well you don't. Um, do. Um, and then just reaching out, you know, to any schools that, that you're interested in. I mean, it, it's not going to hurt to reach out to them. Yep. You know, I know uh, the, the staff over at UTSA, they look at, they look at all that stuff, emails, twi- uh, Twitter, you know, everything. So reaching out to those guys, you know, do it as, as often as you can. I mean, they like guys who want to be in their program and that shows you want to be in their program or they, at least that you're interested in. So knowing what you know now, what would you do differently in your recruiting process when you were in high school? I definitely would be at those showcase camps. Yep. Yeah. They're a little pricey, obviously, but I would definitely be at those camps. Yeah. So we tell our kids, like, go to the one, go to the school, go to the showcases that of the schools that you want to attend. Right. Don't just go to all of them because yeah. it, it is expensive. Right. I mean, Don't go to, you know, everyone wants to go to Texas. Everyone wants to go to A&M. At the end of the day... A lot of kids aren't that kind of, you know, player. Yeah. So don't go to A&M, don't go to Texas. You're going to be one out of 300, 400 kids that are there. You know, go to some others, you know, just you got to be realistic with yourself, yeah. honestly. Sometimes it might hurt. You got you really got to look yourself in the mirror. That's a tough part. And the tough part is, too, with the parents, you know, they don't realize what their kids have or what their kids don't have. Yeah. So that's also, you know, a conversation that has to be had, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and so from an organizational standpoint, I know we try and keep we try and be as honest as we can with not only kids but parents as well. Like everybody wants to go D one, but it's, the fact is, not everybody's going to go D one. Right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a we say this a lot here. There's a place if you really want to play baseball. There's a place for everyone. Yep. It just may not be in Texas. It may not be D one. It may be NAIA. It might be D three. Like. But if you really want to play college baseball, there's a place for you. There, yeah, you, definitely. There's just, a place for everybody. There's a place for everybody. You mm-hmm. just got to go find it, right? So um, so now let's talk about Hallmark. I want to kind of touch on him as far as intensity and so yep. forth and so forth because we're pretty intense with our summer and fall programs. So is there ever a time where you're like saying something to the kids and you go, damn, that's Hallmark saying the same thing. I remember, like, is there anything that he kind of, that carries over from him with you now? Yeah, the one thing I liked about Hallmark was, you know, 
if you made a mistake, it's, it's up front. It's up. It's it's in front of everybody. You know, you're not gonna hide in the back or anything like that. So I try to, you know, after every game, I kind of jot down notes during the game and see, you know, the mistakes that are made. And you know, it's not just for that one person. You know, at the moment they're embarrassed, sure, but it's for them to learn from the situation. Not just for them to learn, but for everybody else in the team to learn from that situation too. Yep. You know, I'm a lot nicer than what Coach Hallmark is. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but you know, at that level, you got to be. You got to be like that. I mean, your job depends on it. Yeah, winning. they're they're not paid, you know, to just you know be the nice guy, be the cool coach that just wins every every now and then. You know, they're paid to win. If they don't win, they'll get somebody else to do it. Yep. So I've always said, your coach, you should love him and hate him all in the same breath. You should love him because you know he's going to go to battle for you in right. any circumstance. He's going to do what he can to get you to the next level, whatever the case. And you should hate him because he's constantly on you trying to get the best out of you. You know, so many kids kind of get it missed. There's a misconception of, oh, God, he's always so hard on me. Coach is always on me, blah, blah, blah. Trust me when I tell you, when the coach is not talking to you and he's not on your ass, that's when you have to worry because then you've probably been forgotten. Exactly. You know, do do you find truth in in some of those things? Yeah, it's 100% true. Yeah. 100% true. Yeah, if if your coach isn't, isn't on you, then there, there, there's a problem, definitely. You, you need to worry if your coach isn't on you. That just shows, you know, he doesn't trust you. He, he doesn't, you know, want to, you know, play you or anything like that. Yeah, if, if he's not on you, there's there's definitely a problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate, like I said, I mean, there's so many times where kids take it the wrong way, take it personal. It's nothing personal. Parents take it personal. Yeah. You're always on my kid. Like, maybe we see something in him. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, have you ever thought of that? Like, trust me when I tell you. And I, I even look back and I'm like, man, there's so much truth to that. And I mean, just from the old days of Moody and coaches there that yeah. would talk to us. And I mean, it, it's, it has stood the test of time, that saying of like, you got to worry when the coach isn't yeah. in your ass. It's been like that Cause since, then since I started he's forgotten that. about you. Exactly. You know? So, I mean, um, so a couple of questions as far as, High school, and I'm going to eliminate Courtney Hawkins, okay? Going back to high school, best player you played with, eliminating Courtney, Courtney Hawkins. That, I played not, with, that you played, that I played with. with. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, I played with some pretty good guys. Probably, I didn't play with them on the same high school team. We played summer ball together. It was Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. He's went to AM Corpus, then got drafted out of uh, AM Corpus to the Angels uh, in High school, you know, he wasn't, you know, you know anything crazy. He's a really good pitcher, 89, 90, topping out 91. Then we see him his freshman year at AM Corpus, he's topping out 98, 99, which yep. is unreal. Um, but it's just a, a testament of how hard of a worker he yep. is and all that stuff. But um, he's probably, probably the most talented player I played with when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Same question college. Uh, probably Taylor Smith. He yeah. was our catcher at uh, um, at UIW. He transferred out when Hallmark left, and now he's a catcher over at uh, AM right now. That's right. And, I remember uh, that guy. He's a hit. He, he's got all the physical tools in the world to get drafted. Um, all the physical tools in the world. They just had a catcher that they had last year, which they were splitting time a little bit. He struggled his first year there at AM, but um, he did pretty good in the Cape. I was going to say, didn't he was a kid that went yeah. to the Cape, right? Yeah, right? He, he's yeah, been yeah. in the Cape for, for a couple years now. Um, 
And uh, yeah, he's supposed to have a pretty big year this year. And, and for, for those that don't know, that listen, the Cape is is the league college collegiate league in, at the Cape Cod. The who's who of collegiate baseball goes and gets invited to play there every summer. So if you get invited there, you're probably getting drafted. You're like just a dude. Period. No two ways about it. So um, that's right. He was he's been there. I, yep. I remember him leaving the word, and, and yep. I think Arguello told me about him like. Mm-hmm. Hey, keep it on this. This kid's yeah. gonna get drafted. Like he's he's special. Like, yeah, he, he's got the the most physical tools I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Other than not being able to run, you know, the best. He's, he's got a every, catcher. Every, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Everything else you want in a player, it's him. Really? Yeah. Work ethic, the whole night. Work ethic. Yeah. He, he's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. You know, I mean, sometimes I'd be driving late around on campus. You know, yeah. after class, I'd have, I remember I'd have one class uh, every Wednesday night or Thursday night. I can't remember. Get out at nine, nine thirty. He'd be in the cage every night. He's the first one in the cage, the last one to leave, even as a freshman. Yeah. And you don't find a lot of freshmen who are like that. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that he's at A&M now. It's, 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 yeah, just a testament of how hard of a worker he is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you go play at a and I mean, yeah. Yeah. You, you're a stud, period. Exactly. Like, especially yeah. if you're playing. It's one thing right. to even get there. It's another thing if you're playing. Yeah. Like, there, yeah, there's nothing but studs. SEC, A&M, the whole nine yards. I mean, it's unreal, but was there, who was your guy kind of growing up? Like, like you emulated, right? You played shortstop. So was there a guy growing up you like kind of emulated your game around? Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, it was Craig Vigio. Really? I mean, that, that's my guy. That's my favorite player of all time. That's not know. what I thought I was going to hear you say. Yeah. Favorite <laughs> player of all time, you know, not, not the most flashy guy, not mm-hmm. the most, you know, exciting player, but what I love about him is that he played every single play like it was his last play. Yeah. You know, he didn't give up on any any play, whether, you know, what the, whatever the score was. That's what that's what I love about him, you know. I remember he hit his 3,000 hit or one of his last career hits, tried to turn a single into a double. I mean, got thrown out, but, I mean, you don't see a lot of major leaguers who do that, yeah. especially on the 3,000 hit. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 my guy right there. So, I got to, I got to meet two of the uh, – I got to meet him. So, yeah, yeah, so like I was saying, it was – I got to meet Biggio and, and Bagwell at this tournament in Cyprus. And dude, there's just Bagwell's so massive. Like I'm serious. His forum yeah. were just, yeah. is unreal, but they were real cool. And uh, I don't know how good they were in golf. They weren't in my group, but I mean, <laughs> to meet them was really cool. But yeah, yeah so I mean, that, I mean, and obviously they had some great teams back then, oh, you yeah. know, the, those guys, but I, I really kind of was expecting somebody else. I wasn't expecting Biggio. Like my guy was Ozzy Smith growing up. Okay, yeah. Like, I mean, the wizard, everybody, yeah. and obviously completely different era. And then mm-hmm. catching wise was Benito Santiago. Do you remember him? He was, I think so. he was kind of one of the first guys that started with the low stance and mm-hmm. threw from your knees. And then after him, then uh, Pudge came in. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, those are my guys. So. Those are my guys growing up, which yeah. was kind of, I think every kid has one or should have yeah. one, have some kind of guy you emulate after whatever. So, right, right. Um, as far as, so I know, I know you're a Cowboys fan, right? <laughs> Don't tell me y'all are going to the Super Bowl, but anyway, um, is that some, are the Astros your guys oh, yeah. in the MLB or yeah. so? Or oh, it yeah. wasn't just because of Biggio? No, I mean, yeah, I, I, ever since I've been a, like, I've been a baseball fan. You know, it's been Astros, Astros, Astros. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you support, like, so if it comes down to, let's say, in the World Series run, 
Texas is still in there. Are you going to support Texas just because they're from Texas no, or not? Just no, not? No, it doesn't no, matter? No. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm Astros all the way. If they're Astros not there, too way. bad. Yep. So yep. then give us your kind of take on the whole trash can thing and what have what have you. I mean, that whole scan. The way they did it, you know, that's that's illegal. But every every team is trying, every you know, team. every team's trying to cheat. Baseball's been part cheat. Cheating's been part of baseball forever. It's, it's if been, you're at second base, you're trying to pick up the signs from the catcher. I mean, you name it, dude. Like uh, that's just it's been part of the game for for as long as baseball's been around. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's just different ways. I mean, they did it the way they did it. It's you know that's a little too far. You know, <laughs> they you know, took streaming the live feed and you know. But that's what I love about what they're doing right now. Is, right. Like uh, you know what, dude? We don't need no trash cans. Here you go. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, show you now, what. now they're just proving to everybody. You know, yeah, they don't show you what you do, yeah. yeah, I mean, they were last year. They're one game away from the World Series. Yeah. So, so I, I I enjoyed going to the games. Period. I mean, I, I'm a huge baseball fan. Period. I think I have a cap for every, just about every MLB team. Um, but if if somebody asked me like who my teams are, I would say probably Astros and Yankees. Yeah. I've just been Yankees just. Growing up, man, and and I guess a few years ago we went to Yankee Stadium to see the original one before mm-hmm. they tore it down. Oh yeah, and just being there, and I mean, it just smelled like mold and just smelled like the baseball. history and yeah. everything to it, man. It's hard not to be a Yankees oh, fan. Yeah. I know there's a lot of Yankees haters, but it's hard not to be a Yankees fan just from a pure baseball tradition history standpoint, you know. But I mean, from Texas standpoint, man, I, I love the Astros. Yeah. I love everything they do. I mean, Altuve, the, I mean, you just – to see what that guy does and, and to think that they weren't even, like – that guy was nowhere even on anybody's radar. No, he got he got sent home from, from yeah. the trial with the, with the Astros, you know, the first time around. And then, yeah, and just – yeah, you know, but it kills me when people go, well, you know, they might have their, their sons undersized or whatever. Well, Altuve, yeah, well, Altuve's one in a million. Like, we yeah. can't compare, like – yeah. Let's not compare your son or anybody to Altuve. Yeah. That guy's one in a million. You can't teach what, what that got. guy does. No. You, can't you can't teach, teach it. It's like, God-given. It's just God-given. Yeah. So, you know, what would your advice be as far as parents in a recruiting standpoint or their, their son wants to play in college? What would your advice be to parents? Um, you know, I would let, you know, have the parents, you know, trust their summer coaches. I mean, if, if you're in a good enough program, you know, your, your summer coaches and travel coaches, they, they know what they're doing. You know, they have those relationships with, with the schools that your kid wants to go to. Um, just trust them, you know. Don't try to, you know, get in on the recruiting process when you don't know what's going on or how things work or anything like that, you know. At the end of the day, it's not, you know, it's not you all's decision. It's, you know, it's your son's decision, you know. Financially, yeah, that, that plays a big part in it, but, you know, your son's about to, you know, become a man and, you know, go off on his own. Might be time to, you know, start letting him, you know, make his own decisions and, you know, where he wants to go play, where he, you know, wants to become a man and grow up, you know. Yep. So one of the, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and you hear this all the time is, um, oh, my son got a full ride play baseball so so kind of you've been through the recruiting process when you were a coach at UTSA kind of talk parents through the misconception of a full ride so yeah that that you don't have anybody in college baseball who's on a full ride maybe if you know the number one recruit in the entire country actually sets foot on campus without getting drafted 
sure, you know, may, he might be he might be able to get a full ride, but other than that, no one's getting a full ride unless they're partial, you know, baseball scholarship, and then uh, you know the rest is covered from an academic scholarship or any other scholarships you can kind of get. But I mean, there is some truth to a full ride, but it's not. Truth, right. But it's usually a combination, like you said, of okay, maybe he's got some he's got this much in athletic, and then the rest is covered by academics. So very important grades obviously pay a, yeah. play a big part in right. recruiting. Right? Exactly, yeah. So when you guys are looking at kids, when you were at UTSA as a, as a coach, kind of talk us through the conversations of what do you guys, what are college coaches looking for? What are, what's the most important things aside from just the tangibles, right? The sixties and the throwing across the diamond. What, what else are, what else are those conversations being had? I mean, one of the very first conversations is what, what, are the, what are the grades like? I mean, if you can't get into the school, you're never going to go play for them on the field. Um, so that's a huge part. If you you, you got to have the grades. you got to have the grades. If they can't trust you in the classroom, there's no way they can trust you on the field. And that's not what a lot of parents, you know, realize um, or kids realize. If guys can't physically get out of the classroom with, you know, good enough grades, they'll never play on the field. No matter how good you are, you'll be at a different school in the next semester. Um, but, you know, coaches, at least from my experience, like guys who play in the middle of the field, you know, they don't like corners usually just because if you're in the middle of the field, you can kind of play everywhere. If you're shortstop, second baseman, you can go play third, you can go play first, you can go to left, right. Center fielders, you can have three center fielders in the outfield. Um, so that's, that's also a huge thing that, that coaches look for. Yep. Yeah. What is, what is, what was one of the biggest misconceptions you had when you got to college going from high school to, to and then getting on campus that probably a lot of kids struggle with like their freshman year yeah just the amount of you know work you have to put on your own you know everything was structured whenever i was in high school you know luckily we had a pretty good program but i mean there, there's so much time that you're with you know in the strength or with strength and conditioning you know you're with the coaches whatever um you're on the field in the fall, there's not much time you're on the field with coaches. You get, I think, 30, 30, 35, 40 days with the coaches, all the coaches, and then it's individuals um, for an hour, for four days out of the week. So there's a lot of time where you got to put in work on your own. I mean, if you're trying to win a spot and you're not doing extra work, you're not getting to practice early, you're staying late, you're never going to win a spot. Um, so the amount of work, you know, that I had to put on my own and, you know, even get in the weight room, you know, an extra day or is – crazy my sounds, you know, eat as much food as I possibly could to yeah. gain weight. You know, that's also another thing that I just, you know, never thought about was gaining weight, you know, putting weight on. Um, so yeah, those, those, those few things, are, you know, a couple now, did y'all have a nutritionist? So no, we, we never had a nutritionist, but, uh, coach Hallmark, you know, was lucky enough to be around, you know, those, those big time programs. So yeah. he knew exactly what kind of food we needed to eat, um, what times we kind of needed to eat and stuff like that. So, the guys who needed to gain weight, we were in our own specific group. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had to send pictures of our meals, every single meal, every single meal. Uh, Don't send Chick-fil-A. That'd be See, for, <laughs> fortunately, with the guys who needed to gain weight, we could eat whatever we wanted. You yeah, know, yeah. We could eat as much as we wanted, whatever we wanted. You know, with guys who, who didn't make or who needed to lose a little weight, you know, some guys, you know, I remember one of my buddies, uh, we had weigh-ins every Sunday night for weights. And uh, he would start on Friday night and he'd only drink water because he knew he wouldn't make weight. So he, 
for his meals, he'd drink water and eat ice. That was, Those were his meals, I promise you. We had two guys who do that. They ate ice chips. They just ate really? ice. Yeah. So, I mean, some guys, you know, they got to they gotta do a little extra. It's it's crazy, but, I mean, it worked for the amount of time we were yeah. at Hallmark. So, something obviously worked. That's crazy. So, I've never heard of that. No, that one's yeah. a new one to me. That they. So, man, taking us out, is there anything – you feel like you left out that that is anything that you would change going back in your career that might help a kid that's listening to this going through the same things that you may have went through. If, if you could go back, is there anything you might have changed on your way? Mm, the only thing I think I, I could have changed um, is probably getting the weight room more. I mean, I, I stress it now more than ever to those to the to our high schools to our high school guys just because you know. I wasn't the biggest, strongest, fastest, or, or anything like that. You know, it, it didn't finally click for me until my senior year. You know, I had a pretty good year, uh, put up numbers I never thought I'd put up just because I got in the weight room so much. Yep. Um, even days where we had scheduled lists with our teams, I'd go late at night and go get another lifting. Um, but get in the weight room as much as you can. Uh, I know it doesn't matter where you start out. I mean, I started out 145, 150 when I got to uh, yep. college. Ended up leaving at 195. Yep. And uh, so getting in the weight room is probably the biggest biggest regret that that i didn't start sooner yeah so yeah cool man well i appreciate you coming out man thank you for joining us today and yes, taking time out of your sunday uh i'm sure it would have been tougher if the cowboys were playing today but <laughs> a lot uh, tougher we, we could we could have worked around it yeah. but uh i appreciate your time man thanks for hanging out yes, with sir. us on uh this sunday afternoon um also want to send out a shout out to our sponsor security service I and mean, they did a lot of stuff for us uh they uh, take care of some of our entry fees this past summer, so um, we were able to get uh, quite a few kids um, looks, and and that allowed us to go to some big tournaments and uh, get these kids the opportunity to play at the next level in college. So shout out to Security Service, and uh, if you need any banking needs, go see them, uh, especially uh, if you have a car loan you need. They're really good. They take care of all my car loan stuff. So uh, shout out to Security Service, and uh, we're out until next week. Chat Chat, episode two, we're out.